Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. We're starting a brand new series today called The Life of Jesus. And you can tell by the title that it's about the life of Jesus. Specifically, what we're going to do over the next several weeks is look at the book of Mark. If you're unfamiliar with the New Testament, the the New Testament begins with four accounts of the life of Christ. And as if we call ourselves Christians, that by very definition means we are followers and imitators and students of Jesus. We cannot be those things if we don't know how he lived and what he did, and what he taught, and how he served, and how he loved. So over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the book of Mark, Mark's account of the life of Christ, to understand some of those things. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, I want you to flip over to Mark chapter 6, verse 2. That's going to be our series text for the entire series, and it, it'll be on the screen behind me. It'll be in your bulletins if you want to uh, look at it there if you don't have your Bibles or your phone or whatever it is that we're using this particular time. Mark chapter 6 verse 2 says these words, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. Where's, what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing. I want you to look at this, this, that one little part. And many who heard him were amazed. And, and can I just tell you that the life of Jesus is the most amazing life that's ever been lived. He's the, the most loving, the greatest servant, the greatest teacher, the most amazing man that has ever walked this planet, the most influential man that has ever lived. He was 100% God, 100% man, and he's still changing lives in 2015. Two decades later, he's still at work and alive and well. So we'll start this series with a question. Have you ever felt like you deserved more than you were getting? You ever felt like you deserved better than you were getting? Maybe service at a restaurant. or Maybe you'd done something nice for your children and you didn't like the way they reacted. Ever felt like you weren't getting what you deserved? I have to admit, I'm a little bit, of a, I'm a little bit weird about stuff like that. Not too terribly long ago, I'm in a fast food restaurant. And... Um, so I, I'm waiting my turn in line, and it's, it's my turn. And the, the nice young, well, the young lady that was behind the counter did this. And because God is still working in my life, and I'm not completely surrendered all of my fleshly attitudes toward him, I did this. And I determined in my mind, I'm not saying a word. Until she says a word. You know why? Because it's my money and that's what I deserved. 
I deserved a can I help you, I thought. We um, were on vacation this past year. We went to Daytona Beach, and we went to this restaurant called Ant Catfish. We had been there a year before, and we, our vacation happened to coincide with the night's vacation, and so we decided to go out to dinner, and we went to this Ant Catfish restaurant, and it was a two-hour wait, and it was worth every minute of it. It was awesome, one of the best meals I'd ever had. So we went back this past year, and, and Jenna says that the reason my meal wasn't as good is because she wasn't there. But it just, it was okay. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. You ever, sometimes we just feel like we deserve better than we're getting. Does it bother you when the results don't meet your expectation? Does it bother you when you don't feel like you're getting what you deserve? Does it bother you when you don't feel like you're getting, I'm going to throw a little political word at you, what you're entitled to? Maybe the, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe celebrities are worse at this than anybody. Any, you don't have to answer this out loud, but if you're a Katy Perry fan, my son Mikey loves Katy Perry. <laughs> okay, maybe not. If you were to book her for a concert, she would send you a 45-page writer that said, that talked about the food that she could eat. And a lot of celebrities, a lot of do that. But it goes down to, I want egg-shaped, almond-colored chairs with matching ottomans, a see-through, a glass with a, a refrigerator with a see-through glass door. Somebody to follow me around to cut up my fruits and vegetables. And oh, by the way, this entourage of people that are served me are forbidden to speak to me. They, they said when David Hasselhoff, you know, Knight Rider was traveling, that he demanded a, a cutout, a, a life-size cutout in his dressing room of himself. And I'm like, Dave, Hoff, most of us use a mirror. What is up with that? I, heard, I read an article last week that said that President and Mrs. Obama were on a destination, going to the same place, and took separate private Air Force jets. And I was like, what? And then I was like, well, I, I probably wouldn't want to ride with him either. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I told y'all not to do that, and I did it anyway. See, sometimes we think we deserve more than we we really, really do. So let's create a contrast here between what we think we deserve and what celebrities think they may deserve with the most influential man that ever lived. His name was Jesus, and he was present. He was present at creation, and he was present as the worlds were spoken into existence. He's the Prince of Heaven. Wonder how he deserved to be born what kind of lifestyle was he entitled to what kind of people should he have been able to hang around spend his time with get the idea if you're taking notes write this down Jesus deserved everything but Jesus demanded nothing 
Jesus came into this world as the Prince of Heaven, deserving all the opulence and all the luxury this world could provide, but demanded none of it. Instead, He came into this world to love and to give and to serve. And maybe it's this idea. Maybe it's this idea that where Jesus is teaching us what it's really, really like to be a Christian. That regardless of what you think you deserve, regardless of what you think you're entitled to, perhaps Jesus was teaching us that we were born without entitlement, but with an obligation as his followers to serve. Could it be that that's what he's trying to teach us? Could it be that what he was trying to teach us, there's one key to finding purpose and passion and peace and joy? If you're taking notes, Jesus taught us how to serve. So now I'm going to beat you up a little bit. Christians, especially Western, North American Christians, are probably carry the greatest sense of entitlement on the planet. Because we think that because we follow Jesus and come to church and do all of our church stuff, that we're entitled to health and we're entitled to wealth because that's what we've been told. That if we'll go to the right church, follow the right ministry, give the right offering, that whatever we want, whatever is before us, we can claim as our own. We can, uh, there's no reason for us to be sick. There's no reason for us to be anything but opulently wealthy. I saw this, I saw this video just this past week, and it was a very, and y'all know, I, I, don't, I don't get up and beat up TV preachers, so I'm not going to mention his name, but it was ridiculous. I'm just going to say that. It was just ridiculous. If, are y'all okay with me calling something that was ridiculous, ridiculous? And, and, and this guy's getting interviewed. And the interview was going fine until the lady asked a question. Well, can you tell us why your ministry needs an entire fleet of private jets? And he got, and, and you know what I was waiting for him to say? I was waiting for him to go, well, you know, we've got different parts of our ministry flying all over the world and, and doing different things and serving different people. That's what I was waiting for. But he, he gritted his teeth and said, it's none of your business. And I said, thank you very much for that. Because you just secured in the mind of everybody watching you. See, I'm going to tell you why he needs that. Because he's going to stand on a platform and he's going to say, hey, look what I've got. And if you'll follow the Jesus I follow and you'll give into our ministry, you can have what I have. And it packs conference rooms and it packs cathedrals and it sells books and it sells DVDs. The only problem is it's not in the Bible. Jesus shows up. Why, why, by the way, would, would, would Jesus be so concerned about us being concerned about things that are so temporary? Hey, don't get me wrong. I, we, we need to be about trying to stay healthy, right? We need to try to eat the right things and try to, you know, get off the couch. But guess what? The healthiest person in this room 
is terminal. And I don't believe God's against you having nice things and having a nice bank account. And I don't believe God's against that at all. But listen to this. Every dollar represented in this room is disposable. It's going to burn. So Jesus shows up and he spent his life, his 33 years, teaching us about what was really important. He showed up and he would say things like, Hey, you want to be first? Be last. You want to be at the top of the heap? Serve somebody. You want a life of significance? Get your hands dirty. Here's what he said of himself. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. See, after after Jesus says that the Son of Man didn't come to be served, I see two action words there. What are they? He came to and to give. Serve and give. That Jesus said, I've come to serve and to give. If you want to follow me, you're going to need how to learn to serve and to give. I'm going to give you three practical things and then, then we're going to pray. Three practical ways for you to serve. First of all, you're going to serve Christ and find purpose. Serve Christ and find purpose. My grandmother, in her living room, used to have all of these little um, Christian sayings up on her wall. I, used, I told you about one of them when we were having our, our um, uh, Ribbon in the Rope series. But I'm going to tell you about another one. It said, this very simple excerpt from a poem. It said, only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. In other words, all of these pursuits that we have, all of these worries, we talked about worry last week. I hope some of you put your worries in a box, in the God box, right? In the Lord box. All this stuff that you're stressing over. The only thing that you and I will ever do on this planet that will last forever are those things that we do in the name of Christ and for His kingdom. See, I think most of us are okay with the serve and give part. I think we're okay with that because, we'll, you know what? We'll come, we'll teach a Sunday school class, we'll give some money in the offer. We, we, that's okay. We, we got that part. But he didn't, read it carefully. To give... His life. See, the the call to Christ is not a call to opulence, and it's not a call to luxury, and it's not a call to comfort. It's a call to lay down our lives in complete surrender. And here's the truth. We'll... Jesus said it like this. The way is narrow, and few there'll be that find it. And can I, 
I just want you to hear my heart today. If you're here and you're, you're casually following Jesus from, from a far away, man, I, I'm not trying to beat you up, but I want you to listen. I don't care what you've been told. The call to the Christian life is a call to complete surrender. We're okay until we get to that last line. Not sure that we're willing to give our life. The Jesus life may cost you yours. And, and my question for you is just this. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? See, this kind of call may cost you more than a Jesus fish on your bumper. This may cause you to give your bumper away. And so my question is, are you okay with that? Now, he may not ask you to die a martyr's death. He may not. But what if he did? Would you? He may not ask you to to sell out your hopes and dreams for the future, to travel a path that he's got planned out for you. But what if he did? Would you? He might not call you to sell your home and downsize so you can serve the kingdom of God better. But what if he did? Would you? Don't... I'm not asking you to answer me. I'm just, are you at that place in your walk with Christ that you are living a life of complete and total surrender that whatever he asked of you, you would do? And truthfully, even in a room this size, there are very few that would say, yeah. Yeah. See, this is a different kind of call than Jesus' life may cost you yours. Serve Christ, find purpose. Serve the church and find passion. Here's, here's the truth. Serving the church isn't the only way to serve Christ, but it's a great way to serve Christ. And, and the church has taken some, uh, some battle scars over the last little while. It, so much in fact that sometimes we even apologize for being a church. Well, I'm not going to do that. I believe the church is the greatest institution on the planet. Where would this world be without the church? Where would this world be without the body of Christ? Do you want to live in that world? Is the church perfect? Nope. Have we, have we failed? Yes, we have. Have we dropped the ball? Absolutely. Where would the world be without it? I think serving the church is a great way to find passion. Let me tell you why I believe that. Sometimes I talk unfavorably, unfavorably about my home church. But I... I, I do that by example. But here's what I need you to understand. I, f- I found Jesus in that church. I, 
And when I found Jesus, I fell in love with the church. If Whatever they were doing, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted, if they, were, if they were having a prayer service, I wanted to be there. If they were having a Bible study, I wanted to be there. Whatever they were doing, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be on the bowling team. I wanted to be on the softball team. I wanted to be on it all. And here's why. Because here's what that place represented. That place represented how I had passed from death to life. And God had given me hope and peace and purpose, and I just wanted to bury myself in it, even as a teenager. Little did I know that that passion for the church that came about by just serving the church and doing whatever they let me do. If they let me sing, I would sing. If they let me sing in the choir, I would. If they let me talk, give me a microphone, I would. I didn't have a whole lot to say then. But I fell in love with the church. And here's... Here's what I said all that to tell you this. If, you're, if your spiritual life is lacking passion, go to work. Start serving. Do something for the church. Well, Dwayne, that, that sounds a little like you're asking us to, you know, do your job. Stop. Last I checked, this isn't my church. I didn't die for it. And by the way, I'm not gonna. This is our church. This is God's church. And here's what we need to do. Now, but let me pause just a minute. They, they tell us that in, in many churches that 20% of people do 80% of the work. We are way above those scales. We have a, a, a lot of dedicated, God-fearing, committed people that, that work and serve Sometimes you never see what they do. But listen to me. If you're not serving, there's a place for you. If you call this place your church, you need to find a place to serve. Serve Christ, find purpose. Serve the church, find passion. Listen, serve others and find peace. Here's what I know. It's like God would say, you know that do unto others thing? I meant that. Well, Dwayne, my own life is in turmoil. How can I? There's something supernatural that takes place when you put your own burden, your own calamity, your own circumstance, your own situation aside to serve someone else and maybe relieve someone else's anxiety and worry and stress. There's something incredibly supernatural that happens where by serving someone else, God blesses you. So, as, as we get ready to, to, to leave this morning, here's what I need you to hear. Serving God... Serving the church, serving other people, first of all, it's, it's not a matter, it's not an issue of time. John Piper said this. I, I love this. John Piper said that if social media hasn't done anything else for our culture, it has done this one thing. It has shown us that the excuse of not having time to pray is no longer valid. 
right? Listen to me. You know what I've learned? And I learned this as a youth pastor. You know what I know to be true? That we have time for what's important to us. So serving, serving, uh, serving Christ is a matter of time. And you're going to say, Dwayne, what's the difference between serving Christ and serving the church? Well, first of all, I, I believe that serving Christ is a condition of my heart. When I serve the church and I serve other people, it's something I do with my hands and feet, my voice. Does that make sense? So serving, serving is not an issue of time. Serving, listen, is not an issue of talent. I heard someone say a long time ago, and I believe it's true, that God is much more concerned with our availability than he is our ability. Serving God, serving the church, serving the others is not an issue of time or talent. Serving Christ, serving the church, serving others is an issue of our heart. So we're going we're gonna to pray this morning. If you're here, man, I want you, I want you to listen to me, but I, I, this might be a little hard to hear. If you're here this morning, maybe it'd be a great idea if you just bowed your heads. I just want you to focus on this thought. If you're here this morning and you say, Dwayne, I really don't have a heart to serve, then I'm going to ask you today to search your heart. I'm going to ask you today to search your heart. Because the Jesus that's supposed to live inside of us was the greatest servant this world's ever known. And, and here's what, what I want us as a church to take a stand against. I want us to cast away that entitlement mentality that we deserve this and we deserve that and we're entitled to this just because we follow Jesus. Can I tell you what you and I deserve you really want what you and I deserve because what we deserve is death and hell but because God so rich in his mercy loved us enough to send his dear son so that we can have life and have it more abundant and have it eternal shouldn't that cause us to respond in such a way that we would want to serve Christ and His kingdom for the rest of our natural lives. Yes, it should. And if it doesn't, you need to search your heart this morning. And I'm not saying that out of judgment. I'm not saying that out of... uh, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm saying it because I love you. And if serving Christ is not on your priority list, can I tell you, Maybe you need to have an encounter with him. So I believe there's two kinds of people here today. You're here and you'd say, Dwayne, 
things aren't right in my heart. And I know it. And I need this Jesus that you talked about to invade my heart and to change it. So we pray for life change this morning. And some of you would recognize that, yes, something needs to change in your life. Something needs to change in the way you've lived your life. Something needs to change in the direction that you're going. And can I tell you, that's not uh, turning over a new leaf in your behavior. That thing that needs to change is who your life is surrendered to. Because contrary to what you may believe, you've surrendered your life to somebody or something. I'm just... I'm just asking you to change the object of your surrender. His name is Jesus. He's got a great plan and purpose for your life. By the way, if that's you and I'm talking to you, I just need you to throw your hand up just very quickly so I know who I'm praying for. Amen. Amen. You came to the right place this morning. You're here for a reason. So when we pray, when we start this song and they they start to play, here's how I'm going to ask you to pray. Jesus, I surrender. I want your way, not mine anymore. Change what you need to change. I want to serve you with my life. Very simple prayer, but you're going to have to pray it. Maybe you're here. And God's dealt with your heart about serving Christ, serving the church, serving others. I'm going to ask you to surrender that to Jesus as well. Come on, let's pray while they sing.